Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey everybody, welcome into another episode of the Can We Please Talk podcast. I am Mike Leon. I'm Nick Saveri. On today's episode, the latest of what is happening in Ukraine, the war continues on. We are 10 days into it as of this taping. We're going to give you all the latest numbers, everything that's happening, uh, talk about the media coverage of all of this, and Nick and I will give some takes along the way. Plus, later on in the program, Brittany Grinier. If you haven't seen or heard about what is happening to the WNBA star right now, who is uh, under arrest in Russia and could be used as a pawning chip, uh, some Pentagon officials have said, we're going to get into that later on in the program. First, I say hello to Nick Saveria. Scary right there, by the way. That's a terrible, I don't know how else to toss it to you to say hello, but uh, uh, (laughs) one of the WNBA's top players being trapped right now in russia under arrest for uh carrying i believe it was some type of cbd oil uh in her luggage but anyway we're gonna get into that later on in the program nick what's what else is going on on your end my friend good man uh yeah like you uh a fan of the WNBA, particularly a fan of uh bringing so i'm excited to just share that story with people who don't necessarily follow the WNBA. but more importantly what does this mean as it's tied to geopolitical events as it relates to ukraine so what's yeah. excited for that yeah, it's 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 crazy what's happening there. But uh, all good your way, like personal wise, man. I mean, we've been getting into some, you know, the last couple of weeks, obviously, you know, the the dominating the news sphere has been the coverage of of this war. Um, you know, what's what's being talked about in the Zavaria household, because I feel like a lot of things have taken a back seat, unfortunately. And even in our program, I, I want to lead off with it because I want to update our listeners, uh, you know, maybe who do not follow the news judgment steps that I tell you all the time and, and and consume news like Nick and I do all the time. And that's what we're here for. That's the goal of the show. But um, what, what's been topic of conversations uh, at the Zaveri household? Yeah, honestly, it's it's been about, you know, being as being as Americans, um, you know, wondering what we can do. Um, you know, we've seen my wife and I have seen videos of you know people in European nations, you know, welcoming Ukrainians off the train you know, being able to bring them home. Um, pictures that we've seen of just children, you know, in bunkers, just, you know, in indoor spaces, you're just trying to be protected. You know, just most recently today, there's a, a an adorable kid singing, you know, let it go from frozen. You know, this yeah. is a poor Ukrainian kid who's just in a horrible situation, finding, finding positivity and, you know, and shout out to her parents for, you know, creating a space where in the midst of these troubled times, um, you know, she's still able to 
to hopefully still remain a kid to your question. Yeah, no, my, my wife are good. It's just, it weighs on us as parents, you know, like, like you and your wife and you wonder, you know, what you can do about it. I know I shouted out world central kitchen in our last episode, um, just donating to to the work of just great folks like Jose Andreas, just, uh, supporting people off the border. I think just a recently a kitchen had just been opened up, uh, either earlier today or just last night. Um, I think out of Poland and just trying to feed the hungry man. Like in times like this, you try to, you figure out, you know, what you have control over, which really is what you're able to do, you know, what you're able to spend resources you can provide. So that's really us. That's just like, like so many people, I think like what, what can we do as Americans? Yeah. Well, listen, if you want to donate to some charities that are helping out the Ukrainian folks, uh, like I mentioned in the last episode, but you can check in our show notes page, there's a link there uh, that you can click on and it will take you to a page that can donate to the proper charities and everybody that's helping, you know, the Ukrainian people. Uh, let's get into some numbers of the of what's happening right now. Uh, Russia has fired 600 missiles so far in Ukrainian territories. 95% of the amassed combat power is now in Ukraine from the Russian military, a senior U.S. defense official has said uh, recently, you know, we're going to play a clip in a second from Secretary of State Anthony Blinken, who's a meeting with a bunch of NATO members, you know, across uh, the different countries to kind of solidify the relationships between U.S. and European countries. But but they've been discussing how the West would support a government in exile helmed by Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky if he has to flee Kiev. That is what a lot of Western officials are now telling a bunch of different news outlets. Uh, UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson uh, recently said that the UK is lending their support to help the Ukrainian armed forces. Uh, again, how this works out, it's donating weapons. Obviously, it's it's donating support, you know, financially. Uh, you know, even French President Emmanuel Macron he, he voiced his grave concern about the nuclear power plant and what happened recently with Russia firing on that power plant. If you don't know that story, that was crazy. That happened the other night uh, and, and it's now under Russian control. Um, here's the latest numbers. Anti-war protests are continuing across Russia. At least 4,300 people have been detained during these protests on Sunday. An independent monitoring group that tracks all those detentions uh, reports that People have been detained in 56 cities uh, across the, the Russian footprint. A lot of companies are weighing in as well from the tech space, from the entertainment space. Netflix has suspended all services in Russia. TikTok is suspending features in Russia. I'm not sure if you recently saw this, but a bunch of Russian TikTok influencers were able to spread out one unified message across all their TikToks. Uh, a lot of, you know, I hate using the word propaganda, but in this case, it was a unified message coming from the Kremlin as to Ukraine is attacking Russia. And a lot of people are believing that. I'm going to a, a human example uh, in my life in a little bit. But this invasion continues, man. There's been heavy shelling to the west and northwest of Kiev. Uh, Sunday morning, if you're listening to this on Monday, the impact of explosions were heard by a bunch of different news outlets in Kiev, in the rural areas to the southwest. Two mortar or artillery shells hit a che checkpoint for civilians crossing into Kiev. Three people were reportedly killed. Ukrainian authorities say, um, you know, it, it, I'm reading all these numbers and we're getting this from a bunch of different news sources and outlets that are, you know, on the ground. We mentioned last week of uh, the different people that are out there doing the great work, the Lord's work, man. Clarissa Ward, Matthew Chance over at CNN, Tim Mock over at, at NPR. Follow him, please, on Twitter. He is phenomenal. But I want to let you to listen to what Trey Yingst recently said about what Russia is doing right now to continue spreading misinformation and disinformation. Take a listen to this. Russia is cracking down on media related to the war, making it a crime to spread what they call fake news. In reality, this means journalists could spend up to 15 years in prison simply for covering the story and practicing their craft. I mean, when you hear something like that, 15 years, we're going to get into you know, another 15 year sentence that later on in the program that could come for Brittany Griner, who's stuck now in Russia. But Nick, like I mentioned, of all those numbers in terms of casualties that keep rolling in uh, that Ukraine is reporting from civilian deaths, there was supposed supposedly a ceasefire so people can get out that ceasefire. Russian officials and Ukrainian officials have been uh, you know, kind of tugging with each other because both were firing on each other during the ceasefire and a couple people were injured and killed. 
Um, you know, 1.5 million refugees have fled as of this moment, 10 days into the crisis. Uh, the UN is reporting those numbers. What are some things that are kind of sticking out right now? Like we talked about this last week, obviously, and had our roundtable panel. This is going to continue to dominate the, uh, the news cycle. It's going to continue to dominate at the top of the program for us specifically. I know a few people in Ukraine. I've given some personal examples. We'll get into that in a second. But what's something that kind of stands out for you of, of everything that I, I just read there or things that you have seen circulating in the news sphere? Uh, you know, most recent thing I've seen um you know, there was two. There were two Russian officers uh, looking at the phones of journalists, um, just searching messages. You know, they would basically pull journalists aside and just pull and demand to see their phones. Uh, if phones were not given um, voluntarily by the journalists, they could be detained. You know, by um, by Russian forces. And you know, when I hear that combined with what you just mentioned a moment ago about fake news, and folks, we've heard as Americans that phrase before. Um, that that's probably one of the parts that just stands out to me is that what we're seeing essentially are the tools of fascism uh, control the press. Um, what you release through the press is just statewide propaganda. Um, and as Americans, we saw this play out in the previous administration, you know, conversations about criticism of the former administration is being labeled as fake news Um Media outlets use the propaganda tools in favor of the White House being seen as legitimate news. And, you know, while in America, that doesn't lead to arrests and things like that. What we do see in Russia is that is very much that is very much the threat right now. You know, if you're a journalist to have someone with a machine gun pull you aside and have the right to look through your phone. Just imagine for any of you, you know, someone it's unfathomable in this country for your boss or the police or anyone to pull your phone out for you not having done a crime and simply saying that we have the right in this country to see what's on your personal device. That's stunning. You know, and I I'm sitting with the fact that we have a, another truck convoy, you know, heading down to DC of people who are just simply upset about vaccines and mask mandates. But again, that's not the purpose of this episode, but um, our understanding of, as freedom of Americans is galling when you, when you hear what's happening to, to people in Russia who are simply trying to report the truth. The other part of this too, is the, the refugees that you talked about, you know, as you know, once again, we're in the midst of a, of a humanitarian crisis where we have a nation invaded at war, you know, what have you, you know, name the strife. These people are trying to find a new place to live temporarily, or maybe they never return to their homeland. And that's the story of people on this planet. And, it's always troubling because depending on, quite honestly, the skin color of said refugees, the narratives can become or at least can start to begin as to you know, how comfortable are we with these people entering our country? We saw this recently with, Afga with Afghanistan, you know, people looking to leave the country and the reaction that some places had about, well, wait a minute, you know, taking Af people from the country. I don't know. But Ukrainians, you know, we're not seeing that. And again, there's a whole conversation that can be wrapped up in the word racism as to why that is. Uh, those are the two data points, not to mention what you mentioned in terms of the usage of artillery and mortars, which goes to our previous episode with what Jared um, and Marie had talked about, you know, just the realities of the engines of war that we're going to see that ramp up, you know, these early, what I would consider victories from, from the Ukrainians, you know, this is more of a long, what Putin may be seeing play out is more of a long-term conflict because I just don't see his ego being comfortable with taking an L at this point. So they're going to, as Jared had talked about, bring the sledgehammer. And this is a matter of can Ukraine, can Ukraine hold that as well as they have so far? Yeah. Um, I highly encourage you go listen back to that. You know, Jared is a, is a huge military historian and obviously teaching, you know, right now, a course on that um, in terms of war and conflict in that area, in Europe in general. Um, he's great. And and Marie was great, too, with her insight. Obviously, you know, she traveled to the region in 2014 when when this happened. She tried diplomatic channels with Secretary Kerry back then when when, when uh, the Sochi Olympics were happening and and, um, and Kerry met with with Putin. So check out that episode previous. I want to harp on a couple of things that you said there before. I play a clip from Anthony Blinken, who who made the the round of the Sunday shows yesterday. Um, the you are not wrong about. We could get into a whole conversation about race, you know, in terms of these Ukrainian refugees and how the media is 
is treating them. We played some in the last episode, you know, with a couple of correspondents who, who let some words slip or maybe let their true feelings show, however you want to interpret that. But um, yeah, nobody was, uh, nobody's been up in arms about, you know, are we going to let Ukrainians in here as they were too? Are we going to let Afghanis come into to our neighborhoods? Um, one of the things that you mentioned there, and by the way, we could do a whole episode on that, legitimately, like a whole episode on the crisis. If you follow Eamon Mohudin, who's been on this program, the MSNBC anchor, he has been championing about this and wrote an op-ed piece in the Washington Post about that. I highly recommend you read that. Um, you said something. What were you just talking about before? You had mentioned about- um, Journalists. About the journalists. Oh, yes. So let me tell you something. As the son of- you can kind of consider him a refugee when my father came here in, in 61 to get away from mm. the Cuban uh, crisis that was happening there and the revolution that was taking place. Um, you Americans that shout freedom, hamburgers, all these buzzwords that I love, you know, playfully uh, throwing onto them, but they say, you know, as if it's some type of mantra or motto. Um, it's a joke if you think that your freedoms are interrupted by the fact that your job has asked you to get vaccinated or anything else so mundane in that same lane, right? You, if you think those things equate to what's happening right now, where uh, a ruthless dictator is sending missiles to colleges and civilian targets in the two biggest cities in Ukraine, just because he feels that Ukraine is a part of Russia. If you feel that your freedoms are compromised, again, I made this joke in the episode two, two or three episodes ago, but your freedoms are compromised because you can't go to Tim Hortons or Home Depot or wherever it is that that stupid person said in Ottawa. You think that's the same thing as these Ukrainians who don't know if they're going to be able to see loved ones anymore or, or, or if their homes are even going to be around anymore. Uh, it's a joke. And, you know, I, I think I think the funny thing and I hate using the word funny, but the funny thing in all of this has been the reaction of some of these far right pundits and folks in Congress, even Marjorie Taylor Greene is calling for unity and saying that we should stand with Ukraine. And it's like, boy, that's a tough pill to swallow over here on this side. I know for you too, Nick, but like that is, I don't know if I can, I don't know if I take those words, you know, with a grain of salt, but listen. Um, so anyway, back to the freedom thing. If you think your freedoms are compromised, I, I would uh, turn you to the Ukrainian folks. I want to give a personal moment on this. I was texting with a friend of mine. Uh, I want to shout him out. I know he listens to the program, Edgar. His wife is is Russian and, and her father served in the Russian military. They recently came here, you know, I want to say maybe like 15, 16 years ago, whatever it is. Uh, but they just recently came back from the region and they have family that lives in Ukraine, an uncle and a grandmother. And the, the uncle can't leave because he's in that age demo of 18 to 60 and he has to stay to fight, you know, which we talked about on one of the previous episodes. And the grandmother's very old and traveling right now, you know, especially where they're located in Ukraine is not like Jared mentioned in the episode before. The Western border is open right now, but the Northeast and Southeast, South uh, of, of Ukraine right now is the heaviest areas that are under attack that are closer to the Russian border. And unfortunately, the family's there. And it's a sensitive subject in their household because there's conflicting opinions about what should be done and what is happening. And just to see that microcosm of an example happening, playing out all the way over here on U.S. shores, if you're wondering, well, why does this matter? Ukraine's so far away, that means nothing to us. Putin's so far away, it means nothing to us. Just think of the the thousands, hundreds of thousands of people that live all throughout the world that have escaped Russia to get away from the dictatorship that Putin has has you know enjoyed over the last 20, 25 years. So I just wanted to bring that personal example in because that was when when I was texting with him, thinking about him, just because I know how conflicted his household is, um, you know, and him kind of sharing that with me. It was it was pretty eye opening. And then I shared on social media. I mentioned this in the last episode about a friend of mine who is who I work with right now, who is in tech and is, you know, still in Kiev against male in that age demo can't leave, uh, you know, in terms of, you know, they want the 18 to 60 year old males to, to stay and help fight and for him to have a sense of humor and in these email exchanges. And I invited him on the program as well 
to try to get some perspective of somebody that's kind of living through it. He's in one of the major cities right now uh, for, for safety reasons. I'm not going to share which one, but um, I think that that's, you know, I would love to have him on the program to get his insight. And obviously they're a few hours ahead of us. So we're still trying to arrange that to kind of hear from somebody that's actually on the ground. Um, speaking of on the ground, traveling across the, the regions and territories, uh, and the NATO members has been Secretary of State Anthony Blinken. He was on the Sunday shows uh, recently discussing what can the U.S. do to continue to help? How does the West continue to support uh, Ukraine as best as they can? Take a listen to what he said uh, on State of the Union with Jake Tapper. But it seems clear that the sanctions that have been implemented so far have not immediately stopped Putin's advance, that the line that's being drawn right now is not likely going to be enough to stop him. So what do you say to the innocent Ukrainian civilians who are saying, why has the West not directly intervened to save them from the slaughter? Well, first, Jake, I'm, I'm, I'm here in Europe working with NATO allies, uh, European Union partners uh, and others, uh, working on, among other things, increasing even more the extraordinary pressure that's already been exerted uh, on Russia with unprecedented actions and, and sanctions that are having a crippling effect on the Russian economy as well as um, uh, additional steps that we can take uh, to help uh, our friends in Ukraine, including uh, getting them even more assistance on top of the, uh, the historic aid we've, we've gotten them to date, uh, and that has been uh, effective. Uh, Vladimir Putin has, um, unfortunately, uh, the capacity with the sheer manpower that he has in Ukraine uh, and the, the overmatch that he has, the ability to keep grinding things down against incredibly resilient and courageous Ukrainians. And uh, I think we have to be prepared uh, for this to last for some time. So, Nick, you, you heard the secretary of state there. Um, yep. I got to be honest. I heard a, I heard him on most of the Sunday shows. I watch the ABC News one with George Stephanopoulos. I watch, obviously, State of the Union with, with, with Jake Tapper. Our buddy Mike Emanuel was not hosting this week Fox News Sunday, but uh, normally check in Fox News Sunday. And, um, you know, he made the round and I felt like. A lot of that rhetoric or a lot of what he was saying is kind of roundaboutism, right? Like it's, I, I still don't know. It's a whole lot of nothing, Mike. Yeah. From what he said there, I have no idea how we're going to help. And I think, you know, we, we, we talked about this on the last episode, Marie Harf, who's at the State Department, about communication and how the admin has been communicating key points of intel um, that, you know, have kind of you know, put everybody on notice, hey, this is going to happen. This is imminent. This is imminent. And then it did happen. But here, in terms of how we're helping, I feel like they're kind of either putting out the wrong people to do this. And and again, maybe I'm a little guilty of it, of not listening to Ned Price over at the State Department or John Kirby's at at the Pentagon's, you know, uh, pressers every day. So I'm not up to date with it. But I feel like when I saw Anthony Blinken on, on a bunch of these Sunday shows, he wasn't giving me the actual information I need to know. Like I wanted to know, are we, how are we doing this with Poland? And and he kind of goes into, well, if we do this with Poland and Poland is seen giving this, they could enter the war with Russia. Russia could see that as the aggressor. Putin has said that before. Anybody who helps, he will view as an aggressor. What, what did you make of, of the Secretary of State's comments there? Yeah, I, I said a whole lot of nothing. And I'm probably being, I mean, I am being overly simplistic, but um, you know, the visual that was offered by Jake Tapper was, you know, to, you know, to the average Ukrainian, you know, that's, that's, you know, their home is their, their homeland is being invaded. You know, the response can't be, well, we're, you know, we're doing a tour of NATO countries and, you know, continuing to, you know, drum up awareness or whatever it is you wanted to call it. Um, I mean, the reality is that the economic sanctions against Russia, like what's being played out, has been fairly seismic. It has not stopped troop deployment, and I think that's an important thing to 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 be honest about. Um, you know, in our previous episode with Marie, we you know she mentioned the fact that it was pretty unprecedented that our president was very open about communicating what Russian troop deployment was looking like, what Putin was actually doing, and in real time, you know, letting that information be out there. Um, we don't often do that. You know, from an intelligence standpoint, so there's. I think there's some important things happening, but that response from the secretary is is muted. It's muted, and it feels safe, honestly. And it might be just if I'm going to speculate for a moment, it may be because there are certain pieces of information and certain dealings with certain with some countries that we don't want to put out there. Um, it's disheartening, though, because I think to Ukrainians and to any of us who are sympathetic to their cause. 
we are rightfully concerned that this doesn't sound like a a clear plan. It doesn't sound as though you know we're taking aggressive enough steps. You know, we're talking about a country that is willfully invading a neighbor, invading another country. Period. End of sentence. Uh, and the West's response so far has been, well, let's make sure that you know they can't, you know, citizens in Russia can't use Apple and Google. Again, I'm being, you know, I'm being somewhat facetious here, although that's factual. That is true. Right. That doesn't seem like enough. Uh, and then, and it does bring up the question that to Poland and to neighboring countries, at what point do does the West hit back? Yeah, militarily. I was going to say. Also, I thought you were going in this direction. Zelensky said it in his comments. Hey. This is not, if no one's going to help us now, and I'm paraphrasing him, if no one's going to help us now, what's it stopping him coming to you? What's it stopping him coming to another country, which he has done in 2008 with Georgia? Um, You know, what's it stopping him trying to reunify the Soviet Union, which we all know is his intended goal? He has mentioned that in tons of different press conferences. Um, He has made no secret about it. And so, you know, Marie made a point on the last episode about we don't know how to handle alliances with countries that are not part of NATO. So it's almost like you're not sitting with us at the lunch table, but we don't know how to hang out with you, even though you sit at a different lunch table. It's a yeah, weird we, dynamic. We did see that. Yeah. Ukraine, they are trying to trying to fast track, you know, their membership um, right. again. You know, typically, as Marie had mentioned, it's like, you know, three years. So we'll see what that means. But even if even if it happens tomorrow. You know, twelve oh one on a Monday for us, and obviously in the U.S. What does that mean? Does that mean immediately that the EU turns around and basically no. just you know brings military might to this conflict? I don't think so. It seems like our our responses to, I mean, at least in America, is continuing to find ways financially to support Ukraine financially, or the you know be able to provide weapons and whatnot. That does that doesn't seem like enough. Like that does not seem like enough of a, of a deterrent to Putin. Um, and just as a global community, you do have to step back and ask yourself that if there is not enough of a deterrent, deterrent and you have a nation doing what is happening here, what is to stop the next country, be it China going into Taiwan um, and you know other places where you know one larger country tries to try to take a small country, like suddenly the world becomes a game of risk and there doesn't seem to be any actual, you know, actually military, you know, military planning to say that if you cross this border, the full might of these forces are coming, you know, to your door. Yeah. That doesn't seem to be the play right now for the West. Yeah. Listen, this this uh, will continue to unfold, obviously, over the uh, the next weeks, months. However long this takes, U.S. officials are dreading the worst, saying that the capital cities, obviously, of Kiev, Kharkiv, um, Odessa is another big city, you know, with, with a pretty big, big population size in the Ukraine. They think that that city will fall next. Um, what this looks like, no one's going to know because what will be Russian controlled, what will be Ukrainian controlled, who will support what in terms of the West, all of that will continue to play out. We'll continue to monitor the situation as best as we can in this podcast weekly format. When we come back after the break, we're going to get into that Brittany Griner story and, and her detention right now in Russia and the latest on that. More on that after the break. Angie's list is now Angie, and caring for your home just got easier. Whether you need help with routine maintenance or a dream remodel, Angie makes it easy to see reviews, compare quotes, and connect with top local pros who can get the job done right. Plus, you can see upfront pricing and instantly book hundreds of projects. No phone tag, just the work you need done at a time that works for you. Angie's got your to-do list covered from start to finish. Book your next home project today at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Today's episode of the Can We Please Talk podcast is presented by usecardboardboxes.com. Nick, a new sponsor to the show, usecardboardboxes.com. What are you using when whenever you, when you guys moved to Eastern Pennsylvania? How did you get boxes and pack everything up? Did you pay movers? Take me through that process. Yeah, we 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 did pay movers. Um so we went to, well, I mean again, we've done a couple of moves. So most recently to to Pennsylvania. Yeah, we had to go through that process, you know, get movers and they bring their own boxes and yeah, it's not it's not the greatest thing, I got to be honest. Um so, you know, when you mentioned this organization, like I started reading up on them. It was fascinating. Folks, 
first and foremost with used cardboard boxes on the website it's telling you more of the most important data points currently 5,461,100 trees saved because of the work of this organization um i'm blown away by it so i'm excited to use them and we have all kinds of stuff we're not moving anytime soon but i definitely need things to get boxed up and donate or just move around the house so i'm excited to use them listen i've used i personally used used cardboard boxes.com i got turned on to them by a friend they're very easy to use. You go onto their website and you you can check out the kits, the boxes. They come with supplies. So I ordered like one of the, the early packages of just moving boxes, right? So they'll send you like, you know, either wardrobe moving boxes, uh, large moving boxes, medium moving boxes, lar extra large ones, whatever sizes that you need for your house, your apartment, whatever it is, you go to usecardboardboxes.com and you're able to right away get cardboard boxes sent out to you the supplies like the packing tape uh the ability to to write on the boxes so that way the movers know what room this is going to go to if you go to our show note links right now uh all you got to see is you'll see a link for used cardboard boxes right in there and you click on that link and at checkout you're going to enter the promo code new customer all one word new customer at checkout you're going to get five percent off of that purchase head to use cardboardboxes.com today all right nick i mentioned it at the top of the program that we're going to talk about the britney griner situation and everything that's happening there i probably said her name five times wrong already in this uh but i do love me some britney griner uh if you don't know who britney griner is she is a WNBA star she plays on the phoenix mercury and and she was a standout at Baylor University. She recently traveled to Russia. Uh, she plays in the Russian Basketball League over there. We can do a whole episode on the disparities of salary, but and why she's in Russia. And let me tell you why she's in Russia, because the WNBA season runs obviously in the spring summer months, late spring summer months. Uh, and so in the winter fall months is where she plays basketball overseas. Here in the U.S., she earns $228,000, the league's maximum salary, just shy of that, with the Phoenix Mercury. Over in Russia, however, she earns a reported $1.5 million a year. So just thinking of that disparity, if you're wondering, why was she in Russia? <laughs> this is why she was in Russia, earning a living because she gets paid almost five, six times more than what she makes here on her U.S. salary. So she was arrested at an airport near Moscow last month. Okay, so just to tell you how far in the news cycle this has fallen, she was arrested last month and we're just hearing about her detention after Russian authorities searched her luggage and allegedly found vape cartridges containing hashish oil. Right. I think I said that correctly, but like the, the CBD oil that you would know of those cartridges, right? The Russian Federal Customs Service, they issued a statement, okay, last weekend. They hit it, it had opened a criminal investigation into the large scale transportation of drugs, which in Russia can carry a prison sentence of up to 10 years. Take a listen to what ABC News uh, surmised about this situation. ABC News has learned that WNBA player and two-time USA gold medalist Brittany Griner is detained in Russia for allegedly having vape cartridges in her luggage at the Moscow airport. Griner, who plays for the Phoenix Mercury, was arrested in February. The Russian Customs Service says the cartridges contained cannabis oil, which could carry a maximum penalty of 10 years in prison. WNBA says their main priority is her swift and safe return to the United States. So like she just mentioned there, the WNBA is back channeling and trying to work with U.S. officials on figuring out how to get Griner home, how to avoid a 10-year prison sentence. Uh, this is what they said. Uh, her agent, Lindsay Colas, said, we are aware of the situation with Brittany in Russia. We're in close contact with her, her legal representation in Russia, her family, her teams, and the WNBA and NBA, which obviously owns the WNBA. Griner's arrest, Nick, potentially, this could entangle her fate because obviously of the confrontation that's happening right now between Russia and the West over Ukraine, and Russia is facing severe economic sanctions and already a bunch more to come of the ones that have already been enacted. Sanctions that Vladimir Putin himself last weekend declared akin to an act of war. Um, 
I want to ask you, because I know you're a big WNBA guy. Obviously, I watch the WNBA as well. Brittany Griner is the equivalent of... Thinking, I'm just actually thinking of that as you're asking. Were you thinking of that? Yeah. This is for, pe- for people that, are, that maybe don't watch the WNBA. If, if Diana Taurasi is their LeBron James, who plays on the same team with Brittany, I would equate Griner to probably being, in terms of magnitude and people who identify with that league would know who she is right away, probably like a Steph Curry, probably like a Kevin Durant. Uh, if you're going in that route, she is that big in terms of that league to have a player like that who, and by the way, this is routine for uh, women players, specifically ones from the WNBA here because of the low salaries, an average WNBA women's player salary is around $54,000 a year. Okay. The average player, not now Brittany's at the top of that. Like I mentioned, six figures at $223,000 a year. But, you know, just to equate that, the average male of the, w, of the NBA, excuse me, earns about $550,000 a year. Or actually, it could be a little bit more than that. This was as the last figure that I had. So, I mean, when you're thinking about that, <laughs> the average bench player makes d- double her salary. And we could get into that. But if you're wondering why she was in Russia, this is a popular thing for women players to go overseas in the offseason months to play over in other countries so they can earn. And Russia, uh, funny enough, has been one of the highest paying leagues for women player talent. So it's not like she isn't known there. They know who she is. And now a a top Pentagon official, which I mentioned at the beginning of the program, he said uh, uh, just on Saturday that uh, they're very concerned that Russia is detaining her for leverage over the U.S. and using her as a bargaining chip. When you hear that, I surmised a lot of this. You heard the ABC News report on this as well. What are some things that kind of come to mind here about about Brittany Garner? We have not seen anything like this where somebody arrested for committing. Again, I don't know their aviation and travel laws there. Uh, you know, when you put cartridges in your luggage, you can be detained here. I'm not sure the domestic, you know, implications from the legal perspective, but in Russia, for that to be punishable by 10 years, I think uh, we're a little bit, <laughs> a little bit different in terms of uh, how, how punishable that offense is here in the states. What are some things early takeaways when you heard uh, uh, her being detained? And she's been detained, by the way, for the last month. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's let's begin with that one. Um, you know, the, the length of time of disappearance, the only recent information coming out, Mike, you'd know this more, but, uh, I actually, the first person that came to mind for me, uh, as an athlete in a country in a situation like this was Peng Shui, you know, in China. Yeah. Um, but I feel like Shui, we knew pretty quickly when she disappeared, you know, from her allegation against a Chinese official of sexual assault to then su- the sudden disappearance, like early through that, we knew what was going on. Griner's last Instagram post was February 5th, uh, according to the New York Times. And you know, only just now are we hearing about this. Um, wow. you know, to to our sports, you know, our sports fans who listen to the show, you know, the when you're asking the equivalent, the person who comes to mind for me is Nikola Jokic, you know, of the Denver Nuggets. Yeah. Um, just like a powerful player in the middle. I mean, Griner is a sensational center, one of the best in the league easily. Um, so she's like a top, and Jokic was the MVP last year in, in the men's league. Like we're talking that big. We're talking a top five talent in their respective league who is detained on a, a sen- a essentially a very trumped up drug charge. You were at, you mentioned a moment ago, um, you know, we're not sure about the drug laws and such there. You know, as this relates to Russia and what we're seeing them do right now, um, I would have to I tend to fall into the camp of like this does feel political. This does feel advantageous. Um, I don't think Russia didn't know right away who this person is, not to mention the fact that Putin in matters of world soccer has tried to make Russia a very powerful player because Putin is a fan of professional sports, rightfully from the simple fact that that plays into the narrative that can be shared of a country that it's known as by its athletes, um, you know, which is why the situation with FIFA has been as fascinating as it's been. But in the matters of professional women's basketball, Russia has certainly been a place that we've seen women, uh, women, you know, to have an opportunity to, to make more money. And 
I'm not going to, I'll bring a straw man to this case because I imagine there are some people that you and I know that at face value, when we say a person is making $200,000 a year and that they want to go make more, and that there are some that may say, well, they're, well, Brittany's making enough money. Why would she go play somewhere? The disparity between what's happening in WNBA and the men's league is, is something to note. Uh, but at the same time, here's a person who who knows her worth and, under, and understands that there's an opportunity to make more money. And the most American thing in the world is if I have an opportunity to find more of a way to make money doing something I'm really good at, I'm going to find I'm good. With. And she's and she, like others, have found opportunity in Russia. Um, famously, in 2015, Diana Taurasi actually had been in a situation where to play internationally was offered one point five million dollars which was far and away beyond her salary in the WNBA. And in the end, chose to not play a year because it made more sense per her agent financially to play glo- to play globally and not try to tie it into also playing you know, WNBA regular season. All this to be said is this does feel like um, Brittany is a political chip. Uh, and it's hard to reconcile that we're only just now hearing this story. And, and we should all be visibly worried. Because if this were the equivalent of a of an NBA player of this caliber, this would be nonstop news. And quite honestly, I don't know we're going to go a month without knowing that Jokic or Steph Curry or Kyrie Irving, someone of that magnitude, and that's who we're talking about, folks. Someone of that ability from from her days at Baylor to now, yeah. That that this person's simply gone, and that as Americans, we're you know we're sort of in in muted silence, saying, okay, well. What happens? What do we do? Like this feels like something that um, you know any any person of this caliber, any American right now that's being detained on a, on a ridiculous charge like this, especially in Russia, that the U.S. government needs to do its job and get this person home. And it, it compounds the challenge of of dealing with Russia right now. You know, through our economic sanctions, it's it, it's just it's messy. It's scary. Um, I, yeah. Listen, uh, I want to I want to go back and clarify a couple things that I said because I knew I was off. And the average NBA player, just the average NBA player, fifteenth man on a roster. If you don't know NBA rosters, they have you know uh, position players twelve to fifteen on the roster that really don't play that much. The the guy on fifteenth who's sitting there in street clothes makes nine hundred twenty five thousand dollars a year average. Okay, I just told you. The, and we just told you the caliber of talent of Britney's level. She's one of the top players in her league here in the States. And she only makes $225,000. So right there already an, an immense dis- disparity. She was getting paid $1.5 million over in Russia. So again, if you're wondering why is she in Russia, that is why we're, we're hold on real quick. Oh, no, go ahead, Nick. What were you going to say? Oh, yeah, no. I, from that article for the times I was talking about, um, there's a great piece that came out uh, actually yeah, March. Uh, um, yeah, just March 5th, actually. <laughs> but um, why do players do this? You know, there's an important quote there. International teams, this is from the article, international teams tend to have more government and corporate financial support than those in the WNBA, which helps explain the higher salaries. In other words, you know, these sports leagues in these other countries are getting money from the government or from corporations to in order that with that, that allows you know, for an increase in revenue that can be used to play, play to pay players. And that probably comes from the fact that these countries recognize that you know to have this kind of talent you know especially from the united states come and play for you that builds a national identity in the united states we just don't look at women athletes in the same way and again mike you and i've been hinting at this and we may have to do an episode on this um and we just simply don't do it you know we let the WNBA fester it is simply undiscussed or not nearly discussed enough that you know, this level of talent is simply just put to the wayside and they're paid what they're paid, which is fine. But when you compare it to the men's salary is an embarrassment right. and it's going to result in players playing overseas. But yeah. Yeah. No, it's that, listen, it's yeah. not fine. Uh, we all know it's not fine. You know, and unfortunately, the retort is going to be, well, look at ratings, look at X, Y, Z arena sales and stuff like that. I don't want to get into that rabbit hole because I don't the people that don't follow sports. I don't want to lose you on this. But here's what I do want to say. It is unclear to authorities and how long Griner, excuse me, Griner has been in custody since Russian authorities. Again, this took place at the airport last month. Nick mentioned she was active on social media on February 5th. She played her last game in the Russian league on January 29th. And because of the FIBA World Cup qualifying the first couple of weeks of February, she was taking time off. So nobody has heard from her, at least again. 
actively on social media or interviews or things like that since February 5th. She's not the first U.S. citizen in Russia over the last couple of years that has been held in custody because of tension with the two nations. Last August, there was a, I don't know if you remember this story, there was a U.S. teacher that was arrested with marijuana and cannabis at a Moscow airport accused of smuggling drugs into the country on a large scale. Okay. Again, Brittany Griner is accused of having cartridges of CBD oil. Those are not equatable. This guy was found with actual marijuana and stuff like that. Uh, this is not equatable. Here in the States, I was, I was trying to look this up as we were talking. There is really nothing uh, in some laws, I'm looking around at the different states, some in terms of air travel, FAA regulations, there's a lack of clear regulatory oversight about this. There's no governing body that sets standards on CBD purity or labeling, which means that you know the products marketed as CBD could contain more than enough THC to attract the attention of like, let's say a drug dog that was at the airport. Um, there was a case of one arrest in the Dallas airport, uh, according to the custom border patrol. Uh, this was, I want to say about a year and a half ago. So again, nobody really knows it's, it's the, the recommendation is don't fly with this. I would argue, Hey, Brittany definitely don't fly with this in Russia, right? Where we know that you could be arrested similar to what we've seen with these protests right now. And we saw everybody has seen in social media. Now the old lady with the sign, about protesting this war in Russia, who was arrested and detained. She was, I think, 81 years old. So I would argue you shouldn't be flying with that. Regardless of that, because she has been detained for more than a month, because she could face 10 years in prison, and because of her name, right? Just who she is. Uh, Nick and I have talked about her importance as the face of this league here domestically and as the face of the league internationally in Russia is the reason why she's commanding that salary. They know who she is, but right now she is detained and she is potentially facing 10 years in prison. And I don't know how she gets out of this. I really don't know because I don't see a way out. You know, some people have speculated about, well, if she's a bargaining chip, there's got to be, you know, a, a counter, a mirror, they call it, you know, somebody here domestically that Russia is looking to free. Who is that person? I don't know. And with everything going on right now with Putin and the Ukraine, I have to imagine that that is not top of mind, not only for President Biden here domestically, but for Vladimir Putin, knowing that Brittany Griner is in his back pocket in terms of being arrested for CBD oil. I don't know how this story ends. Boy, we want to talk about two things that we've talked about on this program that we have no idea how they're going to I, end. We're going to follow. But I mean, I don't know how it ends. How do you think it ends? I don't. I don't know. Uh, um, I think this is scarier than Peng. Let me tell you why this is scary real quick. Why this is scarier than Peng Shui. Peng Shui is Chinese. She lives in China. Like, you know, her being, you know, and we mentioned this on the program, kidnapped. She's already home. You know, Brittany Griner is not home. She's not from Russia. Right. I don't see. And, and she's facing jail time. Peng Shui was just not facing jail time. Like, th this is serious. I, I, I don't know how more sounding the alarm. It's starting to take a little bit of precedent. I saw it over the weekend on different segments starting to cover this, but like this should be getting way more attention. I got not, not way more than the conflict and the people dying in Ukraine. I don't want to say that, but this should be one a like right behind it. Like she's, she's going away for a long time for having cartridges that are, you know, I don't even think that that big a deal in, in no, here it's, domestically. It's, it's ridiculous. Know? And EMI, we've talked about the relationship between the WNBA and the NBA. You know, the NBA is, is the body that, you know, helped form the WNBA and it's the body that's involved in its financial, you know, uh, sustainability. This feels like an opportunity for Adam Silver to come forward and say something. Um, you know, you and I remember back in 2020 when the Milwaukee Bucks um, would not play a, a playoff game or post it was postponed uh, to raise awareness with what was going on in Kenosha and Wisconsin. Um, this something like this feels like it needs to come to the forefront. Like we need players to come forward. And, you know, there are a fair amount of W, uh, I'm sorry, of NBA players. Uh, we can think of Kobe Bryant, the late Kobe Bryant, who famously had worn the WNBA hoodie. You know, the orange with, uh, I forget the name of the player who's the logo, um, was very prominent as a spokesperson for the league. And same has been Kyrie Irving, same has been Chris Paul, that we need players to come forward and say that th something needs to be done. 
you know, there was a protest. And again, we're, we're not equating these things. Uh, but the NBA, I give a lot of credit. They are a league that will be very vocal, you know, when when one of their own is in trouble. Uh, and that is clearly the case right now. This feels like an opportunity for players to, you know, do whatever you got to do. I mean, wear jerseys, wear, wear, you know, free Britney. Like, I don't care. Raise awareness. These are global superstars. And it's important that we all put out, put the word out that, you know, one of one of their own is in trouble. In the coming weeks, we're going to have somebody on the podcast, a couple of people on the podcast to talk about not only the developing situation and ongoing war uh, with Russia and Ukraine. We're going to get into that. A couple of journalists, like I mentioned, we're going to try to get some folks that are actually on the ground covering this. We have a congressional uh, a sitting member of Congress that will be coming on the program in the coming weeks as well. And we're going to dedicate an episode uh, as this Brittany Griner situation continues to develop and unfold. We're going to bring somebody on, a sports journalist that's covering this right now, because, you know, I'm again, I work in the sports tech space right now. I've been working in sports for years. Um, I know a bunch of people that actually work for for the Phoenix organizations, the Suns and the Mercury. Uh, Obviously, I formerly worked for the Knicks and another NBA team down in Miami, the Heat, because I don't like them. That's why I didn't mention them. But anyway, um, but yeah, it's so I, I like this. I saw this story and I'm like, wait a minute, a month? It's been a month. It's crazy. We will continue to follow it as best as we can. Listen, I want to thank each and every one of you, as we always do on this program, for listening to us, watching us, wherever you get it, video, YouTube. You want to watch the YouTube clips of Nick and I pontificating or even some of the guests that we've had on the program. Check it out. YouTube, please subscribe there. Leave us a comment as well. Audio podcast platforms. If you haven't done so, do me a favor. Leave us a five star review and comment. Pretty please. Five star review or four stars. I'm telling you, Savary, I unleash him and, and he lets you know about it. Thank you to ACAS, our hosting platform. As always, couldn't do it without you guys each and every week. I am Mike Leon. Uh, and think about you, Brittany. Uh, I'm Nick Savary. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you next time. on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 